What's up, everyone? We are here at the Collectible Studio at the Min Collective with Anthony Renato. He's our first interview of the show. It's been an amazing show so far. Let's hop in. Let's talk about cards and culture. I'm so excited. And let's see what Anthony has to say. No, I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, Anthony, so you go from baseball player to now shop owner. What was the drive to do that? Because it's, it's got to be a different ball game, obviously. And uh, just tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think when my career was over, right, um, you know, I got back into collecting. My dad dropped my baseball cards off, and I wanted to get back into the hobby, but I saw a little thing, you know, things that I didn't love about it. So that's what I saw an opportunity to be able to grow this hobby and do things uniquely, right? Include sneakers, art, um, and create a better experience for the fans and, and for the, the players, right? Because when I was playing and signing autographs, sometimes I didn't always enjoy going into the hobby shop. And I know when I was growing up, my experience wasn't always a positive experience, depending on, like we talked about, you know, like hobby shops and, and the, the temperament of the owner and that kind of stuff, right? So I was like, you know, this would be a cool opportunity for me to do this. I knew the NIL was coming, um, my ties with LSU and the professional sports. So I just saw it as an opportunity to grow and do something unique and different, and um, the shop's taken off, and it's been a lot of fun so And far. something you enjoy, too. Definitely. This is just fun. This is uh, something I get to do every day that I enjoy. I have a great team, and, and the hobby shop there is in a great location in Baton Rouge. It's, it's fun. I can't wait for you guys to come Well, I was going to say, we'll have to make a trip down. Dude, I saw you guys are making some trips. Baton Rouge has got to be on that list. Hey, I went, to, I went to England, so I can come to Louisiana. Yeah, I feel like right. we got to boot our Being a shop owner now, Obviously, there's pressures with just business in general, customers, employees, whatever it is. Compare the pressures of the MLB day in and day out <laughs> to owning a shop. Is, does one more pressure than the other? I mean, maybe? Yeah, it's different, though, I think, too. Like, right? it's, and I think, I think it's funny because it's fun to take the lessons that I learned in baseball and apply it to business. It's not the same thing, right? But, I mean, at the same time, you're managing yourself, your career, your other people's careers, that kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know. I think... That's what I say. I have a lot more fun with this. I feel like there's less pressure, right? With the, with baseball, I felt like I had to live up to my family, the expectations, the fans, like the team, right? Like a lot of things that I, I felt like I wanted to perform for. For my business now, it's it's for the employees and, and the community and, and Baton Rouge too for me because like I said, I played baseball at LSU and um, I felt like I could have done a better job just integrating myself in the community and that kind of stuff. So that's the fun part of it for me. It's, it's just a lot more enjoyable than actually playing. Very cool. Now Baton Rouge, Big football town, big baseball town, somewhat basketball. Shout out Shaq. That's our guy. Would, would you say with with your with your specific baseball background and everything, is baseball the driving force behind the shot for cards or is there and being a big baseball town, you know, South is a big baseball yeah. Yeah. quadrant, right? Yeah. Is it big on baseball or is there a ton of other, you know, basketball, football, that type of stuff? You know what's funny is I think the baseball knowledge and the people knowing who, because Baton Rouge, and, the, and I might sound arrogant for a split second, but just like like you said, it's a huge baseball town. We don't have a pro team there. So we won the national championship, and my team was the last team to win it. So people still recognize Shout the out. name. Like, yeah, a <laughs> little, little drop. A little humble brag. A little humble brag. I guess, yeah, yeah. I just had to drop that in really quick. 
Um, but that, I think that's what drives people in the shop, right? They have a conversation. I'm pretty, I like to talk to people about stuff and just open up. I'm not very, you know, shy about my career. I, I like to self-deprecate too. Like people enjoy that. Um, but I think honestly what drives people is like literally buying Joe Burrow cards, LSU players, like the football players are what drive the, ch the kids in. Like I see like, you know, seven to 14 is a huge thing and they all come for football cards. It's Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. Now, obviously they're hot right now, 2019. So I'm kind of hoping some more stuff happens like that, right? And right. I know that that's capturing a moment, but it's still the big driver, I think, of the, a lot of the foot traffic. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. So obviously with playing at LSU, you've made a lot of connections. Okay, okay. There's a lot of players that came through, whatever sport it is, baseball with you, basketball, football. How much does you, not in a bad way, but leveraging your connections, how much does it help the shop out? Because so much of the shops, you know, is throwing events, I feel like, and getting ingrained with the community. When you can bring in those athletes, I don't know, you know, what your highest profile athlete might have been so far. Maybe you can share that. But how, how does it affect the shop and really bringing people in, you know, an event for the Baton Rouge community that has someone maybe like Gregman coming or anything like that would be massive. Like, that's really big. And, and that's the cool part is, is in the NIL, it was perfect timing. Two, like July 1 was when I opened my doors at Cards and Culture, and it was the same day that NIL was passed. So I could start paying athletes to do these appearances yeah. and stuff. So having that connection to athletes has been huge. Uh, Shaq's definitely been the biggest athlete that came in there, took a picture, but that was just kind of like cool. by chance. Uh, Sharif, his son, lived upstairs, and he was visiting him. And they mixed up their plan. Sharif wasn't in town, so he needed a place to kill time, and he just kind of hung out down at the That's shop, so which was cool. super cool. Yeah, yeah. Played it off that his car was uh, broken down, but really he he mixed up. Was it was it weird being shorter than him? Oh, dude, it was so weird. Yeah, it was like I kind of like tried to angle myself in a picture, you know, so that I didn't look too small. <laughs> no, it was it was actually really cool. It was a fun moment, and uh, he's a, he's a character. Too. He's you know, cool. every you, uh, single you time, a little bit of my life. <laughs> every single time, him and I take a picture together. He stands on his freaking tippy toes <laughs> to try to gain a couple extra inches on me. It's, it's so funny. You just gotta just angle a little bit. Like five yeah, there you go. That's what you gotta do. That's what yeah. I did to Shaq. I just kind of angled my shoulder a little bit, stood up a little bit, and actually it was like, oh, I don't look that small, but I was like, I felt small. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It was different. So when you do signings, is it a lot of people are coming in to like meet the athletes to get stuff signed? Like, what is a lot of the customers and the the community's goal when they come to your shop for something like that? And that's kind of like what I like to, to pride myself on is that we're innovating and doing different stuff. So it just kind of depends on the athlete and what they want. So I kind of wanted to do something different rather than where the hobby shop or, or the owner is like, hey, can you just come and sign autographs, take the pictures and then leave? I try to leave it up to them. If they want to do more art stuff, if they want to do maybe some video game stuff, a lot of the athletes do want to take the money, right? And, and sign the autographs and do that. So I've had that stuff. But for the women's basketball one, for example, like we had a live artist painting and a lot of young girls just wanted to come take pictures with the girls and do dances and TikToks yeah. and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, this is cool. It's getting a different demographic in there and, you know, like expanding the hobby a little bit in a unique way. So it was fun. Yeah, love that. Got you. Yeah. Got you. All right. So, so much of sports cards is online today. You know, shop in the past like back in the 90s was big to start back in the late 80s and everything and now there's that period in the early 2000s middle 2000s where they started to die off now they're back in a big way you have one how much of your business i guess sales wise or anything you don't have to give us numbers whatever but just like online versus in person do you try to attack both do you focus more in person because you know obviously you have an online presence as it is with just your following but but let's just hear some of that yeah um i do it's pretty crazy i'm I have, a, I have a business partner that he was a business mentor for two or three years for me um, and he came in as an investor. When I showed him the first like three months of numbers, he was like, he was so just taken back by sports cards and how much we do at retail, you know? Yeah. So, so it's cool to see the retail numbers, but we do good numbers online too. So 
it's actually probably 60-40, almost 50-50, honestly. Um, I think over time, online sales will grow as we grow, you know, and, and, and just expand in the hobby. Um, and that's kind of the plan. And we want to, like I said, we do other things too with like apparel with the athletes where we create memorabilia for them and things like that where we make other online sales. So that kind of helps uh, pay some of the bills too. Yeah, so are you talking like website mostly, leveraging marketplaces? Like what's the, what's the deal with the online? Yeah, Maybe so we, people want to hear that because they might want to help you know, support you. And stuff. Absolutely. No, thank you. And I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I know you guys have a lot of listeners. So um, <laughs> cardsandculture.com is like our, you know, our e-commerce site and we have everything there. So everything we sell on eBay, on, on uh, Loop, whatnot, you know, we sell there too. So and we are breaking on loop and whatnot and everything now. We just started doing that the last month or so. Um, I have a card specialist at the shop that loves doing it. And, you know, it's hard to do at night and everything. It's hard to ask people to go. And if I'm running around all day and then to do breaks at night, it's kind of tough to get that consistent yeah. schedule. But um, we're on a bunch of different platforms, but a lot from our e-commerce site, cardsandculture.com. Very cool. Very cool. Have you noticed a hot product on whatnot, or is it kind of a testing period for you? Still a testing period, yeah. Actually, we actually have not, we did just a test run with whatnot. We've been on loop for about two or three weeks. Um, a lot of people ask for slabs, but it's just been, just honestly, just the wax, just breaking in boxes and stuff like that. And honestly, it's like, we have consistent people coming in. We just talk sports and like sports betting and baseball, and people ask me stories about the game while I'm breaking the card. So it's kind of cool. It's a, it's a smaller room, but it kind of makes it feel like homey every day. I get oh, to yeah. see a couple of people. It's cool. It's good. I mean, we experience the same exact thing a lot of the time. You know, yeah. Nate's got a lot of repeat customers, and I do too. And it's just really fun to get to know those guys cause, and girls because those are the people that do support you through all this time and even make stuff like this possible. You know, Nate and I wouldn't be sitting here with so many people out there helping us. Exactly. Yeah, and the nice thing for you is that, say, you're ripping baseball. Some of these guys are running across, you will have pitched against. So yeah. They can share little stories about it that other people can't. I cannot do that. <laughs> I have no stories about facing Chris Bryant or something like that. Right. right? Yeah. Bomb. So. Absolute bomb. Yeah. You probably have stories, but it's just not in a different <laughs> way. Just more in love. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, it's it's cool. That's what I think. That's what people like. It's just a unique way to, to break cards. A lot of people, you know, it's the same product, the same things. A lot of different sites and stuff like that. So that's what I bring to the table. And if people want to ask questions about that, that's the fun part for me. I get to open up and tell stories and, and just relay my experiences. Yeah, love that. Very cool. Yeah. Man. Hey, tell us. This is something I'm always curious about. Past player, you know, current MLB players. Whoever it is, do you talk to these players about baseball cards? Man, I gotta know. Are you telling them, hey, you guys should get it on the first Bowman Chrome action or anything like that? <laughs> you know what's funny is I've never talked to any of the baseball guys. I've talked to them about other cards. Like, so Bregman actually was close to investing in the cards and culture because he's so into cards. I remember yeah. he was super yeah. into it a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's real tight with the pull wax guys. Um, and he used to break all the time. And so we, I actually have all his cards at my shop and everything. And it was, like I said, it, it, he just kind of took a different turn in business. But I do talk to guys about collecting, but I think it's weird for certain baseball players to collect baseball players. You know, you're in yeah. the locker room yeah, with them, you're competing. True. And that's kind of what took me out of it was like once I started getting paid for the cards that I used to collect, it was like, oh, there's other guys that, oh, in the locker room, oh, this is, you know, like it just yes. was a, a different yes. concept. But the basketball and football side of it, I think a lot of guys got into it and a lot of the baseball players were ripping a lot of packs in 2020, like a bunch of a bunch of boxes. Well, yeah, I mean. So you never went up to Chris Bryant or Josh Johnson, anybody like that, and said, hey, I'm into cards too? Well, I wasn't back in, in when I was playing, so, but we did do stuff with Chris Bryant. I have a bunch of his cards, up, so at the National, actually. I don't know if it was after I met with you guys or not, but I actually, he got traded that when we were in Chicago. Yes, yeah, I remember yeah, that. So funny story, my best friend is his marketing agent. Okay. So he's like, hey dude, Chris is like all into cards. He's really superstitious. He breaks cards 
and he hits home runs like it's our thing like it's like a joke he just got <laughs> traded he can't go to the card shop you have any boxes and i'm like dude i'm at the national i'm trying to sell this stuff like i'll bring everything over to him and just see what he wants dude i laid out everything he took it all he took everything with him on the plane and then he gave me all his cards that he'd been breaking all year and was like hey can you just hold on to these i'm moving out of chicago and like so i have all his cards at my shop just what he did we're just waiting he's negotiating with some like um grading companies to talk about how he's going to get them graded so so here a question for you yeah cards and culture 2.0 colorado in denver i'm in i mean chris bryant just signed a 70 year 168 million dollar deal so he could be your only customer <laughs> and you would make it. as long as he hits a lot of home runs the ball yeah. flies there oh, too yeah. we could definitely convince him that it's definitely because of the boxes yeah, yeah exactly i know that's probably the only reason that i would did think you, that he would go there. Why did you hate pitching there yeah it was terrible actually i never pitched I got called up to play at Denver, but I never actually got in the game, and then I got sent down before I got pit, like got to pitch in the game there. Sure. But I pitched in AAA there. Did you have to pitch in Colorado Springs? Yeah, yeah. that's But I never gave up a home run there. It was, it was good. It was because it was always cold, and I just like went right at guys and threw right at their hands. Yeah. One of the one of the, probably the few pitchers that's pitched there that can say that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> guys, am I just dumb? Did Chris Bryan did he play at LSU? No, no, no. He's just a big oh. name uh, card baseball. Player. I never, yeah. literally, I never knew that Chris Bryant collected cards, which is why you brought that up. I know Josh Donaldson did, but I never knew that. Yeah, it's kind of he's kind of low key about it. He did some stuff with Tops and like when that kind of stuff, right? What, what I know from Nevada, because he knows because Bryce Harper, Bryce. right? Yep. They yeah. all played together. Him, Joey Gallo, and Bryce Harper all played together. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> Can you imagine that? No, the little league team. It's very crazy. He went to uh, San Diego. San Diego. And actually, funny story. His college hitting coach, they're, they're like this. Just took the head coach, head coaching job at LSU. Whoa! Yeah, so that's cool. Really? So I got to meet him, Jay Johnson. Yeah, really great guy. So a lot of baseball ties in Baton Rouge. Awesome. Yeah. So I know that you're planning on doing a pretty cool card show in Baton Rouge at some point here. It's supposed to be soon, but then it got delayed a little bit. Um, P. Maravich Center. That's the basketball arena. And yeah, stuff? that's the basketball arena. Inside yeah. of there. Yep. So what's the plan? Let's hear it. I want yeah. So it's, it's, I kind of want to model it like this, where there's panel talks and things like that. I, obviously, it won't be as big as this, but yeah. um, you know, eventually I would like to get it to that point. But I want to utilize the Jumbotron and just use a lot, utilize things that are unique to the area, right? So maybe we could do streaming and put it on the, on the Jumbotron and have streaming, streaming lounges and stuff like that. We're going to have panel talks. We're going to have autograph stuff. We're also going to have an artist alley, too, where artists That's can cool. come in and do you know, live paintings and stuff like that. Um, drop off sports art, that kind of stuff. And I would like, kind of like the way that Top did Project 70, blend the art and cards and yeah. together. So Very all cool. kinds of collectibles. It'll be a lot of fun, I think. And when, when do we think that might happen? So I just got to get with LSU. They're super weird about the fall with football season, understandable. Um, yes. And it might make sense to do it more around baseball season with some of my MLB guys, you know, things like that. And I can have some a better experience. That's kind of the thing, too. I want to have, like, video game appearances, you know, for, for guys to play for, with kids. That's and, really cool. And just do different things that are just, you know, unique to, to us a little bit. Yeah, awesome. Um, you personally collecting when you were a kid, what was the thing? What was the chase? So I was a Yankee fan growing up. So I was a Derek Jeter fan. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So I was all Yankees all the time. Like I was always collecting, but it was so weird. I got into Nolan Ryan. Like I just started collecting <laughs> Nolan Ryan cards because I thought he was the coolest pitcher ever. So Nolan Ryan, Ken Griffey Jr., Derek Jeter were my PC. And then when LeBron was on the cover, it was like all LeBron. So I went hard into basketball and his tops, um, you know, 03 tops with the white jersey yep. with the with David Stern is like my all-time number one grail card. I don't know why. It's just like my favorite card ever. Yeah. So I have that in a tent. It's in Cards and Culture, and I'll never sell it probably. Like, yeah, yeah, I love know. that. So that's you, kind of my, And then Pokemon, too. Pokemon was like my big thing when I was a kid. Yeah. Big, big thing. Did you keep your cards or your parents keep your cards that you had as a kid and go back through and find LeBron's from 03, 04, 05? 
Yep. Stuff. None of the good LeBrons though. Like, uh, yeah, I know. I had I had two good like O three like basic ones. You know, like it was a Bowman I think, and then something else. But it was all it was all my baseball cards, and that's what actually got me back into the hobby in 2017, 18. My dad sold my childhood house growing up, and he was like, "Hey, dude, I'm coming to drop all your cards off. You just gotta take them. I've been holding on to them forever." Blah blah blah. No Pokemon cards, which I was heartbroken about. Oh. Um, yeah, but it was all like Derek Jeter, all Ken Griffey Jr. Not really bad. Cool That's cards. not bad at all. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool cards, and uh, I got a lot of them graded and stuff. So that was really cool to see. I and mean, they were all like eight and a half, nines, which was which was even cooler. That's, they like That's nice. preserved it. Yeah. Childhood cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very nice. Yep. Very no, nice. it was cool. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> this kid. I remember one of our first memories when we were young was, I think you had like a blue border Derek Thomas in your bike spokes. I don't remember why, that thing was just ripped to shreds. <laughs> so you guys grew up together? Yeah, man. Yeah, right across the street. Yeah, he's right across the street. My entire life I've known him, known him, and for every year, but three years, no, wait, four years? For just about four years, yeah, of his life. He yeah. know me now, so yeah. yeah. So cool. How old are you guys? 27. And 23. Nice, okay. That's good stuff, no, I love it's, that. It's very, so you guys were collecting like as kids, like? Oh yeah. Hey, neighborhood asking, stuff and you were asking around. who sold his first yeah his I, was, first I went to his garage sale and nice. he, you know a garage sale him and his brothers are set up they got packer cards out there and, and that's what got you into it yeah yeah and then Dude, and then once awesome. i got i moved to minnesota when i was 10 and my brother and i go to target yeah and you know we just moved to minnesota from wisconsin yeah brett Favre's our guy yeah and the very the only football product there was 2008 tops football and brett Favre's on the cover of the box yeah so like, we gotta buy this we buy yes. it we start ripping them i set up an ebay account right away and i sold like a troy Polamalu pro bowl jersey card for like 20 bucks, pull, pull Matt Ryan, no helmet short print. There's only like one on eBay right there. These things are rare. I got to get one back in my collection. But that <laughs> was the, the first ones. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, that so was the card that told me like, dude, these things have value. Because yeah. I bought a Beckett uh, manual yeah. way back when. And I bring it to school and I found out that the Matt Ryan was worth like 30 bucks book value. Yeah. So I go to a card show in Minnesota and I trade it probably for like some Kobe's and Shaq's and stuff. I still yeah. have my Kobe 96 Tops rookie from that nice, show. Nice. And then I'm like, this is it, I'm in. And yeah. I, was like, I was like 10, 12 years old at that point. And now ever since then, I'm doing it. So. Dude, I'm so jealous though because like I didn't have, I, like I just missed that eBay era, right? So I didn't have that ability to go sell that and get yeah. the liquidity right away and have that same moment, right? Like mine was like, I had to ride around the block, yeah, and like go trade it with somebody and hope that it, like he had the cards that I wanted. Yeah, because when I was young and in like middle school and high school, like dude, like no one collected cards. I was right. literally the only person. So I had to go the online route, the eBay So like I, yeah. I know their option. Yes. <laughs> Other than my brother who, well, he is in it, not really into it, just like did it with me that probably yeah. support me and stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great time. Uh, I'm also curious because, like, you know, we thought we run into this situation too: business versus personal collecting. All there's so many different ways to look at cards when you do own a business versus just like my PC is this, mine is Mason Mount. I got a ton of Mason Mount. I got some Giannis. But for you, like, other than the shop and what you buy for the shop to stick in the shop, like, what is it that you're like kind of collecting or looking after just for yourself? Yeah, I love Ja. I've been saying it since since. 1920 when we were all ripping everything i was like this is cool to chase zion and everything but i'm holding all my jaws and when his prices went or when the market cooled off a little bit and everything i was scooping every kind of jaw so i have a lot of different variations of jaws rookies rpas on card autos things like that, that <laughs> that's a good spot to be one of my first one of my first breaks ever too was 19 optic choice no no just 19 optic um and i pulled a or broke they broke a on card jaw Oh, oh, got it graded, got a ten. Too, Dude, so, yeah. you still have it? Yeah, oh, I still yes. got it. Yeah, it's in my, it's in my vault. Have you sold any jobs? Yeah, I did sell. I sold a few. I sold two RPAs. I was just like, the market was so hot, like mm -hmm. two months ago. It was like, I was there was a kid working at my shop, and he was like, "Dude, 
we have to sell this, right? Like at this point, I was like, yeah, it's probably time to take a little bit of profit. Do you know what set? Do you know what set it was from? It was, uh, yeah, Crown Royal. It was actually one of the first, another one that I actually broke from Bullpen LA, actually, um, on theirs. And it was one of the, it was one of my first breaks as well. I was like, dude, this is, I was chasing Zion, but I got the jaw and I was like, I don't care. Like, that's what I wanted anyway, so. That's awesome. That's the type of thing. It's like beginner's luck. I feel like it's with everything. The first time I came to Vegas in October, hit it big. Come here the first night, lose a lot. They just suck you in. The same thing with sports gambling, everything. But I was like, that's exactly what happened with my breaks. I was so hot and then I was like, man, Seems like I'm spending a lot. Like I'm spending a lot on this stuff, and I was like, maybe I should make this a business. This would be fun to, you know, make it a business and not spend all my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is nice. It's nice to get to do what you love. Yes. Get paid for it instead of paying for it. Yes. Exactly. Very cool. As a as the shop itself, like, would you say most of your like shop investments, like, obviously you're turning the wax pretty fast in the shop. You're maybe turning some singles, but like stuff that you know, like you're saying, you're displaying, you're holding for some time. Are is it any? high-end seal boxes, high-end slabs, or is it mostly like the art, the high-end video games, or like shoes, or whatever else? It's more the latter, yeah. um, but lately we've gotten really into vintage stuff, so I'm really just looking to complete a few vintage sets, like 61, sorry for the non-Yankee fans here, but I want to finish 61 tops all and all the Yankees, I want to get all the Yankees, and then I want to finish the 61 Fleer set, like the whole set, because there's some really, really cool inserts in there that are pretty valuable, and that's what I kind of just want to do. Every year with a couple people at the shop, I just want to like set goals of different sets or collections that we want to add to throughout the year, so every time we go to a show, we kind of have, have a goal when we go in there, you know? Very cool. That's I cool. love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's no secret if you log on to your Instagram page, Cards and Culture, like, Oh, you have this business too that isn't even buying and selling sports cards, but it's what we know is content. And yep. that's what I like about you guys is there's a lot of shops that will post what people pull in the shop yep. or just it's very basic stuff like that. Yep. No slight of brute time. I love the brute time guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you clearly are focusing on the overall market and trying to grow with it. How much of your personal focus are you putting there? Because obviously you can't do everything in a magic shop. That's impossible. But you yep. personally, are you putting more into content? I think so. I think more just storytelling too. And, and as I get older, the thing that, like you said, like the thing that I love doing is finding value in something. Why do you like this card? You know what I'm saying? And then telling the story of like, this is why it's valued at this price, you know? And, and even if it's things that are valuable to me, Baton Rouge, the region, whatever it is. Um, so that's the part of content that I like, even art, right? I like, I love interviewing the artists and understanding the inspiration behind it, that kind of stuff. So for me, it's the storytelling and that's what creates value. So that's what we're focusing on in the shop. And I think that's what's long lasting in the hobby. You know, there's going to be ebbs and flows in the cards, the shoes, all the, the different collectibles. But as long as you're kind of telling the story and you're creating the value that way, that's kind of what we want to get known as or do with cards and culture. So Very that's cool. kind of how I connected with you guys is, you know, kind of got me into that back into the hobby it was like, oh, there's people that do this stuff. I like, <laughs> yeah. I love this. Like, this is cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. really good to hear. Yeah, you guys inspired me to do content, so that's really oh, cool. Well, that's awesome yeah. to hear even more, so yeah. thank you. Uh, your favorite content piece so far, if you can pick one. That I've done? Yeah. Uh, I, it was actually a recent one. It was, uh, I started doing this thing called like a weekly collectible where I just, we have our camera set up for the podcast anyway, so I told the, the girls that are my produ- uh, production people, I was like, I just want to start picking a collectible in the shop and talking about it. And so last week I did this card that was... It's just a 93 Donruss, Diamond Kings, Ken Griffey Jr. It's a cool card. He's like putting some uh, pine tar on his bat. 
but it was sitting in a screw case in my dad's desk my whole life and he was like don't touch that you know <laughs> and so i thought it was the most valuable part ever and then yeah, he gave right. it to me when when he gave the set and i was like oh and i looked it up it's like 12 dollars, you know like something like that but to me i wound up getting it graded and it got back a eight and a half or a nine or something like that so i was like oh this will be a cool father's day gift and so I kind of told that story and it came out really cool and so I uh, sent it to my dad and I'm gonna give him that for Father's Day so that was cool that. yeah that was cool very awesome yeah. that's a great question man. I like that yeah. uh, very curious kids you're talking about video games in the shop playing video games in there yeah what's the number one game they're looking for dude everybody wants to play 2k I don't know it's like and, they, and it's a big challenge thing too like people come in <laughs> I have a ps5 just set up in the middle like and so kids come in their first thing they say is that for sale and I'm like uh, no and I'm like <laughs> And like, why? How much you want to offer? Like, no, I want to play. And I'm like, all right. So then they start playing, or I let them play, or you know that kind of stuff, where they get their friends and hang out and that kind of stuff. So, 2K is the big one. I don't know. That's, there's a lot of trash talking that goes involved involved with that. Got to start. Got to start having little tournaments for the kids. Pack, pack wins, winnings. Kids pack. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I'm telling you. I think. Well, there's so many kids that come in that do both. I would love that stuff. So that's what I want to do. All is there it. like a you know, I, I have no idea about the Baton Rouge community, how it's set up. Is there a lot of, like, schools around there where kids just coming after school or coming on the weekends or anything? Yeah, that's what, so Saturdays and Sundays have become my favorite days. And I get there early, open up the shop, and I just spend six hours there because a ton of kids come in. And it's like, I think word of mouth is coming now, too, which is really cool to see. Is like, kids are actually going to school, trading them, talking about them, coming Very in. So cool. I'm buying a lot of the cards that they like and that kind of stuff. And it's fun. It's, yeah, it's a bunch of kids coming in talking about it. That's awesome. That's yeah. thank, thank you for doing that, by the way. Yeah, like, gonna, very it's cool. fast forward 20 years, and there's going to be a bunch of 25-year-old, 28-year-old kids <laughs> that are still buying cards because you got them into I hope right so. Here, right here, right here. I hope so. I hope so. That's, I mean, and I think about it, like, I don't know about you guys, but Saturday mornings, my, my card story is I would, my dad would take me to a hobby shop almost every Saturday morning. We would, he had a boat for a couple of years, and it was like before he went to the boat, we would always stop at this place that was right next to the bait shop, and uh, and he would just give me like 20 bucks, and I would go, you know, pick a pack, pick a card, that kind of stuff, and it's just like those are my memories. So like to see that happen again in 20-something years later in my shop, I'm like when kids come in there, I'm like I try to teach them deals, like how to bargain, negotiate, ask questions, yeah. look up comps, all of that stuff. That's good. It's That's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that about how all this has changed. When I was a kid, none of that was out there. You know, yeah. I started to learn myself and just read things online and pick things up. There's no one like specifically out there to say like this is valued at this. Yep. And now we, you know, there's a kid that's been traveling with us to different shows every once in a while in the Chicago, Milwaukee area. Yeah. His name's Oscar. A lot of people know him on our YouTube channel. And this kid is just like 11 years old and knows so much. He will literally just like send me a DM on Instagram and say like, dude, I'm gonna buy this, the comps this. It's just like it's crazy. It's like sounds like it's me it. talking like yeah. 20 years old, not yeah. at like 11. It's nuts. It's so cool to see yep. how many kids actually like picking this up and running with it, which is awesome. Yeah. And I love that you are you're training the kids because when I was a kid, there were certain shops you could walk into, and depending on who you got in that day, he was either like really nice to you, um, prices in Milwaukee, now Brewtown, they sold to Brewtown. There was one guy there that you, you, if you got a ticket in a repack, you could get a card out of the like envelopes. Oh, and then nice, you pull yeah. the card out of the envelope and you guess the price. And if you get within like 10 bucks, you got to keep the card. That's cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. That's I like but, that. But I like that a lot. It, it was it was a great it was a great thing and like I won a Kurt Warner jersey card. I thought it was like the greatest thing in the history yeah. of the world. You know, this was like 2002. He just won the Super yes. Bowl. Amazing. And there'd be times where you get a ticket, you get the nice guy. I'd be like, oh, I don't know, ten. He's like, 
15, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. 20. Yep. There you go. And he gives yep. it to me. And then you get the other guy, and it's like, how much is this card? Uh, 52. Nope. And then yeah. take it. So over and so it's like crap. Giving, giving that experience to me as a kid from the one guy, and then you also giving these experiences to kids and teaching them instead of being like, you know, from the old guy, going to keep them in really long my life. For sure. And that's kind of what I, I mean, it's important to me is like, I always say I'm innovating in the space is that was my experience as a kid too. There was a hobby shop that I knew I didn't go to in my hometown because I was like, the dude is in the back corner. He doesn't, it almost made you feel like you were bothering him being in there, you know? And I was like, if I have a hobby shop, I don't want that. So all the girls in the shop know the same thing, right? They want to make the customer experience better. So that's kind of our goal and what we're going for there. Awesome. So new shop, you got to always think about how do we get people in? That's such an important thing. Yeah. Is it online marketing in the in the area, which would make sense? Why would you really online marketing in like California? Um, yeah. Is it is it that? Is it just like word of mouth? Like what what do you see successful? I, I suppose. And once you, I guess you get to a certain point, it is a lot of word of mouth. I'm sure at some point. Yeah, that's definitely to the, right now. We get a lot of word of mouth, or at least a lot of kids, right? That's because they don't or they're not always on social media getting the ads and stuff like that, like the seven or eight year olds. Um, but we're actually we partnered with LSU Sports too, so. Wow. Uh, corporate sponsors with them so that's Let's really cool go. so we get a lot of publicity from that I have an outfield sign at the LSU baseball stadium that's so yeah. cool man that's yeah. awesome um, and then some other ways just like little things like that we do a lot of marketing stuff but um, and then the NIL stuff has really really helped so partnering with college athletes and just having them in the shops doing podcasts creating clothing and you know memorabilia apparel and stuff like that for them has been a lot of fun do they, do they share a lot to Instagram then and social media and stuff talk about your shop and point people there exactly very cool man that's, 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 that's kind of the move yeah. so I have a, I have a question here yeah Obviously, you have a connection to LSU. There's not a lot of card shops out there that will have a connection to a college where, you know, it might be a little bit easier for you to get connected to these guys. But can you walk us through how you get connected to a place like LSU? Because I know you went there. I don't know if you still know a bunch of people there. Um, and there might, be a, there might be a card shop in, I don't know, Nevada, in Las Vegas that wants to get... Uh, UNLV yep. players, but they don't know how to go about it. Yep. Can you share a little bit of that process? Dude, that's a great question. I there you go. That's better on my questions. I, I love that. No, that's awesome. Um, you're right, because I have I have an advantage, but still, I still do things through the university, so there's still ways, right? Like, I've met three or four new contacts just by networking and things like that, so LSU set it up where they made it real easy for small businesses to have opportunities to meet athletes where they had networking opportunities. So I would say if you're a shop owner, I would say send some emails to the compliance office and things like that. Most universities, big universities are setting up these types of situations where they want small businesses to be involved, right? Because it's a good recruiting pitch. If you can tell a kid, hey, look, when you come on campus, this spot over here is going to pay you X amount of dollars. You can sign autographs. You can have fan meetings, you know, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of the universities are open those doors. So it's just finding the right people, networking on LinkedIn, that kind of stuff and just reaching out and any connections that you have with any athletes just kind of leverage them and just ask and ask questions and try to add value to the athlete too not just kind of like ask things for the shop that kind of stuff too. I think that what you've built is such a good idea because like not every town has a college right? right or at least a big one that can execute stuff like this but getting to pro teams is so difficult for so many people because you have the huge agent block there yeah, yeah. that agents are going to demand so much money for these pro players to go in and do visits do autograph things whatever it is but if you can get in a place where, like, especially Baton Rouge, where LSU is the thing, you're going to get so many people who just want to come support you because all these LSU players are coming or they know you're connected. And I feel like, I'm just thinking for myself, I went to Madison, Wisconsin, and, like, there's a card shop there. 
stuck in a corner. It's called Jim's Card Corner. <laughs> but like no one, it's like, it's known by people who are diehard collectors, but they're not, I know, at least as of now, they're not doing anything like get out there with the Badger, Badger Athletics program. And I'm just like spinning my head like, man, I bet you I could get something going really cool with those guys like cause there's, and girls, because there's so much, so many good athletes, especially the women's hockey team. The women's hockey team is dominant up there. And there's so many cool things to do that. And volleyball. And volleyball, volleyball is dominant. We got some really good women's athletics. And then, there. I mean, and what I've learned too is the women's sports are actually better engaging, especially social media, right? They're at where you can create different opportunities for them to come in your shop and then people just hear about it through them and that kind of stuff. You know, it'll be, and, then, and I think athletes are looking for that kind of stuff. They just need places to do it and they want to do it in an atmosphere that kind of like, you know, caters to them and makes them feel comfortable and, and aligns with their brand. And you have the you have the opportunity. You said it earlier. You get young girls coming in when when the female athletes come in, right? Yeah. You'll get young girls that look up to these female athletes. You get them coming into a hobby shop. Yeah. I don't know about you. I worked at a hobby shop for about five months. I could probably count on one hand the amount of girls I saw walk in right. by themselves. Yep. There was there was times where they walk in with their dad, get a yep. pack of Pokemon, something like that. Right. But for the most part, and so this isn't just guys only hobby. Right. No, it would be amazing if more women enjoyed this hobby because it's fun, it's a good way to make money, it's a good way to connect to players that you don't normally get to connect to, and a good way to experience, uh, for me, minor league baseball. I don't get to watch minor league baseball, but I buy Bowman Prospects, I'll follow along with their boss scores every single night. Exactly. I love it. Yep. It's amazing. And you get little girls in the shop, and even if it's just for the athletes, maybe one out of ten, one out of twenty, sees some cards and says, I love baseball. Right. Get in on that, so um, it's a nice thing, and I think it's a good thing to push. Here's the thing: the, the the biggest challenge with that, and why there isn't a more you know bigger female representation in the hobby today, is because there's no there's no real easy access for them when I, when I was growing up. You know, unless your dad was a diehard collector and like brought you to all this stuff, so you have point. that connection with your dad. Yeah, it just wouldn't happen. No, it's a great your friends point. weren't collecting yep. or anything like that. Yep. Now, for you, you bring them in. You know, they see the athletes, they start learning it young they have their friends doing it like that's going to build this network so much bigger yep. and build a, just a demographic bigger which i think we all want um which would be really great so yep. that's a great point nate I, I love that and i think it's too is right like yeah we like to chase profits in the big boxes and the sexy stuff but like prism WNBA is like 200 a, a, a pop and like we had some great engagement i broke it with three uh, LSU basketball girls. They knew who every girl was, and I knew probably 15 different girls' names. And it was fun to engage and be like, "Is that girl good stuff?" You know, like, and it was cool content. It was just something different, right? And then they're gonna tell their fans, and then those girls are gonna watch it, and they're just being like, "Oh, I didn't even know girls were on basketball cards." And it just at least opens up their minds to possibilities and you know just different things that haven't been seen in the and hobby before. Not to mention, cool. I mean, the U.S. Women's National Team for soccer is so big. I'd say like, yes, Prism WNBA is really nice. I'm so happy that came out now because it does give them a way to connect. But there's some really high-end women. I was going to say, it's probably really expensive. Like, there is immaculate Alex Morgan dual patch autos out of 13 jersey number that go for 3K, and I want one really badly. Yeah. And, like, another thing is that I feel like that Panini will do this around the, uh, you know, World Cup time for, for women's athletes. A lot of the times they're inserting their cards into the predominantly male products. So yeah. it's not like they have their stand alone release cool. yet, like Prism WNBA, but I think it's going there. I'm sure we'll get a U.S. women's national team probably soon enough here. Yeah, they fight for enough. They're going to they're gonna. Yeah, they're going to get it. Set. They're yeah, for sure going to get it. Would you, uh, Anthony, would you like to join me in harassing Aaron for two seconds? Yes, I would what love that. What is this? Um, so he brings up Alex Morgan. <laughs> Despite the fact that he went to Wisconsin. 
don't know. Rose Lavelle went to Wisconsin. I don't know Rose Lavelle. And he doesn't bring up Rose Lavelle's name and rep Wisconsin. Hey, would you I, ever do that to an LSU uh, player? No, I would always have my LSU people back. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my question: Is Rose Lavelle is, is her card selling for three thousand dollars? I don't think so. <laughs> I love I love the good We're Wisconsin the connection, right. but come on. <laughs> a lot of history with Alex. Yeah. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, hey, to round this up, Anthony, let us all know the audience, whatever. What's the most important thing that you wanted to accomplish moving forward in sports cards and hobby? Um, innovation and inclusion, I think. I think there's so many ways that some people feel like they're either priced out or they don't belong or it's not cool or it's whatever, right? Or whatever stories. Um, and so to me, I think trying to include a lot of different groups and communities into this space and figure out ways for everybody to be involved is something that I'm passionate about and just creating a good vibe and a welcoming atmosphere, right? Because there's a lot of times, like I said, that in my childhood, I had negative experiences going to some hobby shops. So for me, just making sure that it's a comfortable experience for everybody and a fun experience and, and a learning experience for everybody. So yeah, that's kind of kind of it. Awesome. Nate, you got anything else? Um, yeah, one last question. All right. Fun like question. Good. Yeah, fun I can tell. I saw it on your face. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> big, big, fun, it. big. I like it. I like it. Big fun guy over here. I like it. Les Miles. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you like him. <laughs> I do not. Kansas coach. Right. Jamar Chase committed to Kansas. I didn't know that. Five-star recruit, highest recruit we ever got, commits to Kansas. Les Miles tells him that he doesn't view him as a wide receiver. He decommits and goes to LSU. I didn't know. That. So does Les Miles? Uh, does your opinion of Les Miles change with this story? A little bit, but I've also heard some crazy stuff about Les. The stories that I've heard about Les are absolutely insane. He's a character, and some of the things that have come out of his mouth are just absolutely crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. like I don't know, Jamar Chase, one of the top like five wide receivers yeah. in the NFL, is not a wide receiver in college, a, and then doesn't go. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I can't complain as an LSU fan. He came there, helped us win a national championship. Yeah. So I mean. I haven't seen a national championship from Badgers, so I knew he's never going to see one for Kansas. So. Yeah. Well, if not if you can't keep your five single five-star recruit you've ever gotten in the history of football. That's true. Very true, very true. All right, Anthony. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. No everyone, or tell everyone where they can check you out, on, or you and your shop, Cards, Cards and Culture. Yeah, thank you. So I'm Anthony Renato, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y underscore Renato, R-A-N-A-U-D-O. Um, and then everything is just at Cards and Culture spelled out and cardsandculture.com thank you i appreciate the time thank you guys absolutely this is awesome thank you everyone for watching uh here at the min collective at the collectible studio it's been a very fun time for the first few hours here thanks to anthony and thanks to, i guess nate for kansas beating providence that's why he's happy but yes. good vibes thank god the interview was good because of that good vibes good vibes everyone be sure to check out the rest of our content here at the min collective and we hope you all have a great rest of your week